0: Do you love experiencing local food when you travel? If so, you're gonna love today's guest. Welcome to the Alaska Uncovered Podcast with me, your host, Jenny twing Flaming. I bring you accurate, helpful, and entertaining information about Alaska travel and life in Alaska. My guest today is Midgey Moore. Midgey moved to Juneau in 2009 because her husband was from Alaska and they, they moved there. She spent some time working at a mental health clinic before moving into tourism and starting a food blog about food and restaurants and local seafood in Juneau. And eight years ago, she started the super amazing Juno Food Tours. And if you are a foodie, you gotta go on a Juno food tour when you're in Juno. Midgee, welcome to Alaska Uncovered. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's just a pleasure
1: to be here. I really appreciate it.
0: So I gave away a, a little bit of your story in the intro, but um I always ask all my guests how you got to Alaska. So share a little bit more about that
1: well i met my husband in 2004 and he was a captain at a fishing lodge and i happened to live in utah at the time with my two daughters and um we just hit it off and so um after dating and um him going back and forth from utah to alaska he said well you're gonna have to uh live in alaska because he wanted to get married and i was like i'm not opposed to marriage And he said, so we got to live in Juneau. And I said, sounds like a plan. So uh, my uh, youngest daughter and I moved up here in 2009. And I have lived um, in many places around the world. I'm an army brat. So I got to travel a lot. And I have never lived anywhere I love as much as Juneau.
0: That is a wonderful story. I love it. So tell me a little bit about Juneau Food Tours. Um, Why and how did you start it?
1: Oh, yeah. So when I um, first moved to Juneau, my I had an adult daughter and friends back in Utah asking me how to make things because I, I was a cook. I, I was not a chef, but I, I loved to cook. And um, so I started writing them down and I am a fairly good storyteller. I really like to tell stories. And so I started a blog called Meals with Midgey because I love alliteration. And I um, started writing them down. And it's the stories of the food, of my family, my friends, my travels, different things, but the inspiration of new recipes and why I chose something. And um, that just sort of took off. It started, it was just a hobby and something fun to do, but it took off. And um, the Capital City Weekly, which was a paper that ran uh, weekly in Southeast Alaska, picked it up and ran it for about six years. And then through that, I got to know a lot of the restaurateurs, chefs and managers in the restaurant scene here in Juno, particularly. And then in 2014, um, my best friend said, you should start a food tour. And I was like, uh, and we both worked at Travel Juno at the time. And I was like, so, yeah, I got a job. She goes, no, you really need to start a food tour. The travel writers <laughs> are asking me why there isn't a food tour. And so I investigated. And at that time, culinary tourism was the fastest growing component of tourism. And I was like, okay, I love the visitor industry with a passion. I love food with a passion. I could actually take these two things and create a job out of it and create a life. And I did. So I created Juno Food Tours. Um, I quit my job on November 30th of 2014, opened up my business December 1st. And we fed our first guest on May 1st, um, 2015. And I spent that winter building the business and building the tour getting the restaurant set up and creating the, um, the experience that we call our tour with taste.
0: Love it. That is so fun. So what makes Juno such a special place when it comes to food? And why should visitors make it a priority to experience the food during their visit to Juno?
1: That's a great question. One of the things that we like to tell our guests is that a lot of people don't know that um, in the Clinket language, which the Clinkets are the largest native population here in Southeast Alaska, in their language, there is no word uh, word for hunger because there is so much bounty from the land in the sea, um, from our amazing seafood to um, uh, mussels to um on land and there's all the game and different things but there's also foraging and mushrooms beach greens um fiddlehead ferns there's so many different things that uh, people can eat and so we try to incorporate as much of that into our tours but what's really kind of neat is that alaska seafood is probably some of the best seafood a person can eat because in Alaska, there's no farming. We do not farm our fish here. It's actually against the law. It's in our state constitution. And a lot of people don't know that. So when they come on the tour and they're like, oh yeah, I don't eat seafood. I'm like, you are gonna be really disappointed um, because it's all <laughs> seafood, but it's really telling the story of Alaska through its food. And it's that opportunity to really connect with Alaska And it's people of, um, you know, generations back
0: and eons back through the food. So what I know seafood, but like getting a little more detailed than that, what are some of the specific types of seafood or other types of food that Juno is most known for or that you feel like are really things people have to try in Juno?
1: Oh sure, so well, on our tour, one of the most popular and our first stop is Tracy's King Crab Shack. Um, so many people come up here and the first thing they they want is crab. Um, we're famous for our crab, Delia's Catch made us famous for our crab, different TV shows, but also Tracy herself, Tracy LaBarge. She um, is a self-made lady who just decided one day, she was like, I someday I wanna have a hot dog stand, but I wanna sell crab legs. And she did that. I think she's going into like her 17th or 18th year now. Um, she um, has a one or two locations, but the one that's down on the main waterfront is probably one of the most popular and busiest restaurants downtown, but it's all about the crab. And um, so that's one of the biggest things. And what we tell people, you can't come to Juno and not eat at Tracy's. And their uh, motto is they have the best legs in town, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a rite of passage every every summer. We all like, oh, Tracy's open, we gotta go get the bisque. Um, her bisque is, a fa- is award-winning and um, just incredibly delicious. And then the other things too, is because we are right on the water, all the seafood is so fresh. And so we, um, you can see, them um offloading the fishing boats offloading right into um into the processor like you can see them pulling the halibut up and the salmon going up this conveyor belt still flopping around and you know you're getting the freshest of the fresh and the best of the best and I think that's super important especially when you're visiting a destination you want to eat as local and as indigenous as you can and our seafood really speaks to that and so in Juneau because we're right on the water, that I mean, it really is a seat-to-table experience. And it's so wonderful. And there's so many restaurants from Tracy's Crab Shack to Hang Around the Wharf to Twisted Fish, to Salt, to uh, the Rookery in Boca Alupo. I mean, the list goes on and on. All these amazing restaurants during the summer are really highlighting a lot of this seafood.
0: Yum. I am. I'm really hungry just listening to you talk about that. (laughs) You know, it's funny because we have had several people on the podcast from Juno who do different types of things there. And every single person from Juno who's been on the podcast has talked about Tracy's. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that is so... But if anybody was wondering if Tracy's is a good place to go... uh, clearly yes so that is such a it's so funny it's I was curious if you would bring that up too since so many other people did
1: I'm <laughs> well, um, talking food Tracy's at the top of the list for sure yes um yeah because um she's she's been with me since the very beginning she's been a mentor but she also is just um an icon in our city and I mean it's like it was so funny when sometimes people will come on the tour right the very beginning they'll ask us so will this be done in time for me to go to Tracy's and we're like oh funny you should mention (laughs) you're going to be going there first so um so then they go back and they'll get uh, like a big bucket of crab legs and stuff so it's really kind of fun it's it's, what's super fun is if you do a morning tour and then you go back in the afternoon and you see guests off the morning tour eating at tracy's again he's like oh not that they weren't full off the tour they just got to have those crab legs right
0: (laughs) and you know there's always time for usually in Juneau, there's time for more than one meal so yeah that's awesome yeah.
1: yeah and we actually designed our tour to be short and um not like a, a big excursion where it's like four hours three to four hours we try to keep it to two to two and a half hours so yeah. that people can go do other things we don't ever want any guests to say when comparing you know comparing items to do that it's this or that we can go yes it's this and that and we will work with them and i work with a lot of other tour operators so i can um combo package tours too. Oh, you want to go to the yeah. Glacier? Well, let me hook that up for you. And that way I'll make sure you get everything because I live here. I know a lot of the tour operators. We all work together. We know the logistics of each other's companies. And so yeah. we want the guests that when they come to Juno, we want them to have the most filling and wonderful experience that they can have. And a lot of times it's just us talking to each other, helping the, that that person um, figure out how to get from point A to point B. Because a lot of times they think it's so far away. It's like, seriously, it's 10 feet away. We can actually yeah. walk you right over there. It's not a problem.
0: Yes. And I know one of the things I really love about helping people plan trips to Alaska is figuring out like what they really want to do and what they're interested in and then connecting them to things that are a really good fit for that. So exactly. I'm sure that is really fun to do in Juno, also because there are so many amazing tours and operators there.
1: Oh, exactly. And I do that a lot with travel agents. Um, I work very closely with travel agents and advisors who are trying to maximize their clients' time in Juno. Mm-hmm. And so if they're only here for a day, um, we arranged for them to get tickets to a helicopter tour or if they want to go whale watching or if they want to go to the glacier and they want the food tour, I can put all that together and send that to the travel agent to resell or even just to someone who's trying to coordinate their family, you know, multi-generational yeah. family. We we do that a lot as
0: well. That's a great service because it can get so overwhelming trying to put different things together and figuring out how to prioritize and all of that. So that's yeah. awesome. So that's kind of a nice segue into... um Something else I wanted to ask you about Juno in general. So what are the things? Of course, it's different for every person based on what they're interested in. But as a local, what are some of the things other than food that you feel like are some of the best experiences or places to go in Juno?
1: I think one of the my favorite things to do, and I'm probably a little biased because I'm married to a captain, but I really like to go fishing and whale watching. Yeah yeah um, i just like being on the water um, yes there's too. nothing more exciting than reeling in a you know a salmon um because they put up a pretty good fight um or a halibut but also the whale watching here is spectacular i just recently read a fact that said 60 percent of the whale watching is done in southeast and most of it is in juneau and so it's pretty cool because the whales that come here are coming generally from Hawaii and they've had their babies and they bring them here to teach them how to feed. And so they're doing a lot of eating and feeding their bubble net feeding, lunch feeding. And it's a way that, especially if you've never seen it, it's really mind blowing. And so and that's super neat. I think that's one of the things I love to do. The other big thing I love to do is, um, I have only been able to do it once, but it was, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Is going a helicopter tour. I went with my friends at North Star Trekking, um, and they actually because they helped me. I was going up for a photo shoot for one of our. uh, We have a gift box line um, called Taste Alaska, and so I was shooting in July one year for the Christmas box. I needed snow, so where's the snow? It's on top of the glacier. (laughs) They they were (laughs) very gracious, and they flew me up on top of the glacier. And um, but I had never been on one, and it is otherworldly. It is walking around on this uneven surface but they give you all the crampons and the poles and stuff and you're guided and everything but it is magical it is breathtaking and magical and it really is yeah it's just so cool and um i got the photos and stuff and it was great but really just that experience of being on the glacier that that is just incredible that not even a lot of locals get to experience so if a visitor can i strongly encourage it because and then come eat with me because you're gonna be hungry yes because <laughs> that's exhausting as well
0: <laughs> yes definitely definitely need a good meal after helicopter tours for sure yeah okay is there anything else that you feel like is a must see or must do in Juneau?
1: well uh um, yeah actually i think that um a lot of times like the hall glacier is pretty spectacular um and um There's some neat trails to hike out there. There's a really cool one that takes you right out to the Nugget Falls. And and it's an easy trail to walk. And so it's not hard or, you know, you're not climbing or anything. It's not, it's pretty flat. So that's really cool because the waterfall is pretty spectacular. But sometimes it's also just walking in the downtown area. Downtown is historical. But what a lot of people don't know is so many of these shops are owned um by generational families that you know it's gone down like three four generations and so that's yeah. really neat that you're supporting all these small businesses yep. and coming out of covid and we're uh, still even now in alaska especially many of these businesses are still in recovery mode that when you go in these businesses and you know you share your dollars with them and you take home a little treasure from alaska it's not only are you getting something that's gonna bring you joy, but you're supporting a family and it's really, you're doing good, it's a good thing and you're you're helping people. And so that's one of the things like we even say on our tours is that um, when you come on our tour, you're supporting about eight to nine small businesses just by our business model being what it is, working with different yeah. restaurants and retailers throughout the city.
0: Yeah, yeah. And by the way, for those of you listening, Um, This is the third episode that we have had about Juno, and the other two episodes are about some of these things that Midgey was just talking about. So episode five is about whale watching, and episode 13 is about the Mendenhall Glacier, and I'm now just thinking we should do one about fishing in the future, but we haven't done that yet. So um, if you want to know more about those things too, go back and listen to those previous episodes. Okay, um, anything else that you feel like is a must do, Miji, before we before we move on?
1: My biggest thing is that, especially if you're coming up on a cruise ship, take a minute. You're in Alaska. Sit down, have yeah. a beer, have a soda, have a glass of water. Just sit and take it all in. You're in yes. Alaska. You're in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Take in that you know, breathe in that beautiful, fresh air. And this uh, surrounding area, the, the the scenery is just mind blowing. But there, I always say there's no bad views in Alaska, especially in Juneau. There's just no bad views because you've either got the water or the mountains, you know, and yes. sometimes both. <laughs> and yes. so it's just really just take a minute and be on vacation and don't feel like you have to pack your day with every second of activity. Sometimes it's just fun to just walky walk around, mosey, stop, take you know, relax. But because we're excited that you're here and we look forward to the visits of all of our visitors. We look forward to seeing everybody.
0: That's really, really good advice. I totally agree with that. Okay. So are there any, um, like maybe hidden spots for food in Juno that visitors might not otherwise be aware of that you would recommend that might not be on a visitor's radar? Yes.
1: One of my favorite secret spots is called V's Cellar Door. V as in Benicia, cellar door. It's not in the, um, on the waterfront. You have to go up a couple of blocks on Seward Street and it is downstairs. And V is one of the most spectacular people on this planet and an incredible chef. And what she does is she fuses, um, Latin and Korean food and makes the most amazing dishes. And so it's the fusion restaurant. And um, we used to have these on our tour, but our groups, it's a small restaurant, so our groups got really big and more frequent, and so it wasn't really conducive to her location anymore. Yeah. But I will tell you this: her fusion nachos are life-changing. Highly recommend.
0: Ooh, good to know.
1: Good to yeah, know. Yeah, they are the bomb. They are so, so good. And um Another one that a lot of people don't know about is um, there's this little tiny noodle house, again, just up the hill called the lemon tree and a lot of the crew from the ships will go there because it's Asian noodles and oh my gosh, the food is really good. It's owned by a little local family here, but everything's really fresh and it's a nice little hole in the wall that visitors don't know about and then the other one that is only open for dinner is in Boca Alupo, which is an Italian restaurant owned by um, uh, my good friend Travis Smith and then Chef Bo Schooler. And Chef is a, um, I believe now, five times James Beard nominee. And if you get to go to in Boca Alupo, I strongly urge get the Thunderdome, which is this big puff pizza dough. It's like all puffy and it's fire roasted in the oven. And then he serves it with this Parmesan cream that is just amazing. It's incredible. Awesome. And so when I have people come out of, from out of town, we're like, Oh, we should take you there because you have to have Thunderdome. So it's, but the food is really great. And it's just a really neat experience. And and everything's done in the, the wood oven. So that's super neat. Yum. That
0: sounds delicious. Um, okay. So I'd love to hear a little bit uh, more about what people can expect on one of your food tours, Midgey, because I found that a lot of times, if I am talking to people who like get my weekly Alaska emails or and helping them plan their trips, something like that, people mm-hmm. often have a lot of just like really practical questions about what to expect. So, things like how much walking is there? How much food is there? Is this going to be like a meal or not or more than a meal? Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of those practical things. You bet.
1: Um, so the the main tour, our tour with taste is two and a half hours in length, give or take a few minutes. Um, and the, And it features seafood. And the tour is about one to 1.2 miles in length depending on if you arrive on a cruise ship and you book it with your ship um, and where that ship is docked. Mm -hmm. So um, there is, uh, we try to have stops. We do have food stops along the way. Not every place has um, seating. So some of it you are standing. So what we do try to do is intersperse some seating areas along the way too, so that you can rest. But um, overall, um, the whole tour, as we're making our way through the city, You're going to be eating king crab bis, crab cakes. You're going to have um, what we call the Alaska snack plate, which has kelp salsa and chips. You're going to have smoked salmon dips, smoked salmon caviar, um, uh, some uh, spruce tip jelly. A lot of, you know, we try to get as many local indigenous um, foods um, in that we can in the tour. And then um, you'll have fish tacos. There's uh, a beer, there's also uh, an herbal tea made from Devil's Club, which is super cool. Um, And that's an indigenous plant here. We like to refer to it as Alaska's cactus. Um, And then we wrap up the tour with a really neat um, blueberry mojito from Denali Brewing Company that is, um, we have that at the Crystal Saloon, which is a historic bar here. Um, so, yeah, so it's super cool things to know is that we're comfortable walking shoes um, and please dress for the weather. And yeah. You never know in southeast Alaska if it's going to start raining. However, if you're here in May and June um, and it's nice and sunny when you get off the ship, chances are it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, you know, bring a camera, bring your phone, bring your appetite. Um, we generally have enough food to make a, a nice lunch. And we and all the food and beverages served on the tour are included in the tour and and in the cost of the tour. And then we also include a gift bag. And in the gift bag, um, we have recipes and we have some of them my own. Some of them are from ASME and then uh, which is the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute. And then we also have um, a half pound of fudge from the Alaskan Fudge
0: Company, which makes people very happy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: So we have a lot of neat little treats and things along the way as well.
0: Cool. Um, One other thing, too, is for, like, how do you handle it or how do you advise people who have, like, some type of dietary restriction? Like, obviously, this is a food tour, so it's about food. So how how do you handle that? Or even things like people who don't drink alcohol or don't like mm-hmm. seafood. I know you kind of talked about the seafood angle before, but what kind of advice do you have about those things? So
1: I I had to make a decision a long time ago that I can't this tour, my company can't be all things to all people. And you know, um you want I want to represent Juno as best as I can. And yep. the whole concept of food tours and culinary tourism is to get a sense of taste of place. Yes. So it, when you travel and you're eating in destination, you want to eat the food that the locals eat. You won't want to just go to McDonald's. You know, you want to go, right. you want to eat the food that the locals eat and what we eat here is seafood. And so if seafood's not your thing, totally okay. It's, yep. you don't hurt my feelings if you go, yep, I can't eat that. That's yeah. not going to make me upset. I'm going to be sad that you won't at least try it because I think it's amazing. But you know what, you do use you. Your, your vacation. We want you to be happy. But as far as, um, substitutions and things, we can't do substitutions. We won't substitute like chicken for fish or anything like that because of the nature of the, um, experience, um, first of all, we're trying to connect you as close to our community as, as we can through the food. And second of all, it works best when, um, all the things stay the same so that the chefs know exactly, oh, food tours here, boom, this is what they're getting, um, so that they're not having to customize it in any way, um, but the other thing too is that we can accommodate gluten free. That um, we can make almost the entire tour gluten free. The beautiful thing is Tracy's Biff gives gluten free, um, so that's not a problem at all. Yeah, um, we cannot do full vegetarian. We can do pescatarian. Yep, but and we definitely cannot accommodate vegan because yep. that is not a, uh, inherently Alaskan diet. Yep, and also it is again it's creating a custom experience for. That the chefs have to um create Um, and now if someone wanted us to do a custom experience absolutely we're willing to do that but we would set that up as a private experience it wouldn't just be on our regular tours
0: that makes sense. um and the
1: and the reason for that is is that we want to make sure everybody on the tour has a good experience
0: Mm -hmm. thank you for explaining that so thoughtfully that makes a lot of sense and it's awesome to know that There are some custom options, you know, for people who want to do something private.
1: That's good. Oh, yeah. And that's actually one of the um, one. Actually, for me, the most fun is putting together the private experiences. And we do lots of different things, everything from the food tour to what we call the combo tours. We will, you know, partner with other tour operators. But the one of the biggest things that we do is for private is uh, what we call our elegance in the wilderness. And we will find, take you to a remote location and have this beautiful, elegant meal. And um, we've done them for birthday parties. Um, last year we did an engagement um, and we, we can bring in musicians. We bring in a chef to cook uh, one we did. We have a Michelin star trained chef here and I brought him in and he did halibut and king crab right there in front of them, cooking on a grill with a beautiful ocean in the background. And we had a fire going under a pavilion and carpet on the ground and fine china and everything on the tables and linens and stuff. So it's very elegant, but you're still in this beautiful outdoor setting and people love it. It's a really fun way to experience Alaska and still have a little bit of those creature comforts that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, But it's also just an elevated dining experience in a very rustic setting. Mm -hmm. So we do that. We um, we do. We have a Jeep tour that is private where. We pick you up wherever you are, whether you're an Airbnb or at a ship or, you know, your home. And we um, take you out to places where we say the crowds are not. So we don't go directly to the men-hall Glacier, but we take you to other places where you can see the glacier. We'll take you to um, locations where many visitors who come up on the cruise ships don't get to go and don't even know about. Yeah. And uh, we we stop at a local brewery where you can have a brew with a view because it's got this beautiful view of the harbor in the background and you can watch the boats coming and going and, and sit outside. And if it's even if it's raining, it's undercover and they have little fire pits and stuff. So it's super neat. And it's just yeah. any kind of these custom private experiences. We, we never say no. We always say, let me see what we can do. Oh, that's awesome. That's
0: so fun. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll have more with Midgey. Hello and welcome to the Always Moving Podcast with Lyndon Savanto, a podcast about my life as an international athlete, writer, world traveler, and dreamer. Join me on my podcasting journey as I explore the world around me through life experiences, self-evaluation, and interviews with interesting guests ranging from professional athletes, comedians, engineers, and those who helped shape me to who I am today. Tune in to the Always Moving Podcast, part of the Chatter Network. And we're back with Miji Moore from Juno Food Tours in Juno. And so Miji, I want to ask you the questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast uh, to wrap up our conversation today. So the first one is, what is your favorite month of the year in Juno?
1: My favorite month? Mhm. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good question. Um Wow. I've never been asked that
0: before. I have to think on that. So um, you can have more than one answer. Okay. Cause I have,
1: I think like May, I really love May. Yeah. One, the weather's usually really nice. And two, yeah. the, we're up and running and going full steam ahead, you know, with our, with our tours and our experiences. And it's yep. just the downtown gets really active and vibrant and I really love that energy Um, It's a lot of fun. It's just exciting. There's a lot of excitement going on. So I love May Um, and I also, this this sounds just completely opposite of the spectrum, but I love October because we're winding down and uh, we've been going seven days a week, you know, 14 hour days and just really, you know, full steam. And then in October, we start winding down and that's when I actually travel a lot. I go to conferences and see my family. And then um I go take a little vacation myself and so I really like October because yeah. I just get to relax a little bit. Yes. But um yeah, so I never really thought about that. That's a great question. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are those are great answers too. Yeah, it's interesting to hear what different people say about different parts of Alaska and what their favorite month is for. Or different, I have to ask, what were Lewis and
1: Jamie's favorite?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that because Jamie uh, said October for I can kind imagine. of similar <laughs> reasons to you, and and Lewis was like, "Yeah, not no, not October." <laughs> he, he actually also said May. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, it's funny because I think for me, I would say that may is my favorite month in southeast alaska um i think some other months are better like i also lived up in fairbanks and may is kind of an exciting month there but it's also kind of chaotic so it's maybe not mm-hmm. my, my favorite i think they yeah i'd have a different answer for there but yeah it's funny that you said those two because that was really similar to their answers Yeah, (laughs) that's all
1: excited for spring. And then when fall comes, you're like, we're done. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, that's so
0: true. And for those of you listening, um, Jamie and Lewis were um, the folks that were in episode five that was about whale watching in Juneau. So I mentioned earlier there was one about whale watching and that was them. Uh, okay, cool. So the next one is sort of funny, Midgey, because this entire episode has kind of been about this question. But it's, <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant in Juno? So I realize you've talked about that a lot. So you could either just answer it, or if you'd rather say, like, in any restaurant, you got to order this thing. Um, however you want to answer it is up to you.
1: So I have to tell you, that is probably the number one question I get asked. Um, what is my favorite restaurant? And I tell people that that is like asking someone to choose their favorite child. Right. Um, and and the reason is that because the one of the beautiful things in Juneau is that all the restaurants are so vastly different. They're not you're not going to go to. Four restaurants and have the menus be exactly the same. Everybody's going to put their own spin on things. And so it really just depends on what you like to eat and what you're in the mood for. For example, if you want to have, um, you know, Crab Legs is definitely Tracy's. If you want to have um, dinner with a spectacular view, Hanger on the Wharf, it's right on the water. They have a menu that has something for everybody. Food is really good. I really like their tempura, halibut and chips. And um, one of my favorite things actually is my girlfriend and I go there every once in a while, and we get the edamame and uh, appetizer and a glass of wine, and just catch up on things, but and take in the view, and it's super fun. So there's uh, so there's hangar, and then if you want like like I was saying, V's, you want to go to V's and have something really unique and fun, and and um, just an exquisite dining experience. V cellar door, hands down. Um, and then if you were looking for fine dining, you know, it's a sophi- sophisticated night with amazing steaks and seafood. Salt. Salt is our high-end fine dining restaurant. Mm-hmm. You want casual Italian bistro, but really just fill your belly and make you happy. You want to go to Imboca Alupo. You want yeah. a great breakfast. You want to hit the Sandpiper. You want to hit the Rookery. So those foods, you know, Sandpiper has, um, they're famous for their crab cakes, Benedict, which I have had. And that's a game changer. And then yes. the rookery though, they have some really cool, it's just a little coffee shop with um breakfast and lunch, but their food is exquisite. It's really wonderful. So honestly, it just depends on where you are and what you want to do. Yeah. But and then you have to go to Deccan Dave's. You can't miss Deccan yes. Dave's for fish tacos. That is again like Tracy's. You can't come to Juno and not get eat at Deccan Dave's. So that's Super all my children that I can think of off the top I of my head. I love it. That was great. <laughs> oh, no, no, there's one more. There's answer. one more. Um, okay. One of my favorites that we have here is Spice, which is owned by a lovely woman named Mimi. Um, and it's an Indian restaurant. And she does all of her grandma's recipes. So they're wonderfully earthy. They're not super crazy, hot, spicy. They're just nice, robust flavors of food. And then she just opened up um, an extension to her restaurant that is a wine bar as well as kombucha. And she actually serves hot chai and stuff like that. So it's really neat. It's this neat little vibe and she has small plates there. So Nimi is really enhancing our dining scene here in a very fun way. I'm really impressed and very proud of her because she's, She's scrappy that one. And she's really just pulled it all together. And I've just been so impressed with
0: what she's done. Love it. Okay. What is your favorite thing to do in Juno? Let's imagine that it's like you have a day off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what and you're in Juno. What what would you be doing? Um,
1: so I mean, personally, sitting on my deck and Um, just reading, (laughs) I'm a quiet person amazingly enough. But as far as activity, one of my favorite things to do, I love people watching. And so, um, I do this like once a year, there's a really neat little restaurant right on the water called, uh, um, Alaska fish and chips. Locals know it as the flight deck and, uh, you sit outside and you have a beer and you have some fish and chips and you just watch all the people go by. And this sort of started kind of accidentally um my tours would go by and i tell the guide come back when your tour is done and then we have this impromptu team party that lasted like hours and hours and hours if the tour is finished the people would come by and stuff and then anybody who wasn't working i text them come down we're having you know this impromptu party but it's actually one of my favorite things to do is just hang out with my friends and yeah i love my team so much and so doing these um little you know impromptu kind of spontaneous experiences are fun but my other favorite thing is I love we have more uh, miles of hiking trails in Juneau than we do drivable road. Mm-hmm. And so just getting out on the trail and just taking in Alaska's beauty is really fun. I enjoy that a lot. But usually somehow it's something is going to involve some kind of food. Yes,
0: <laughs> of course. How could it not? Exactly. Because your... I'm going
1: to be all about, all right, we're going to go do this hike. Where are we eating?
0: <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite hike in Juno? I agree with you that the hiking in Juneau is absolutely fantastic. What's your favorite trail?
1: Um, one that I really like a lot. Um, there, there's If you're downtown, um, you can go up um, Franklin Street to Gold Street. And there's the Flume Walk, which is really oh, nice. It's not cool. a hard hike. Um, Getting up to Gold Street is a little that's the hard part because it's just straight up. Yeah. But the other one is actually where I live, what we call out the road, which is out of the downtown area. I live off a road that if you go to the end of the road, it's the start of the Ock area trail. Mm -hmm. And I can walk the entire Auk rec from my house and it's right on the water. So I really like that trail. I like it a lot because it's got a beautiful view. Um, there's pavilions along the way and barbecue pits and stuff. So you could take lunch or dinner if you wanted. So it's, yeah, it's really, really pretty. So that's one of my favorites. And then the other one, my friends and I usually try to do is the, um, East Glacier trail at the glacier is really nice. That one has um, some stairs and stuff. So it's a little more, um, intense, but Mm -hmm. it's still, it's an easy trail uh, on the way down. (laughs) <laughs> um but it's still it's i mean you get like amazing views of the glacier from the top and it's really yeah. pretty
0: that's really neat i like that one too those are excellent suggestions so if folks are going to Juno and they're like i gotta get in on this Juno food tour this is so awesome how do they get in touch with you how do they make that happen
1: oh great yeah so they can do several things they can go to our website which is Juneau, J-U-N-E-A-U, foodtours.com. And through that, they can either contact us through the website or they can email me directly, info at juneofoodtours.com. On our website, we have a listing of all of our tours, as well as our gift boxes. And then, um, or they can call us at 907-723-8478. But your best bet is definitely email um because I will respond to that before just about anything
0: excellent and I will put that information in the show notes Midgey, awesome. so thank you so folks can find it easily yeah cool well Miji, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Alaska Uncovered and those of you listening thank you so much for tuning in today if you like what you heard I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss an episode and they come out every Wednesday. Thanks for joining us and bye for now.